Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Pastor David and Miss Goodness for beginning our, our Advent time here this morning. Oh, which I do need to remember to take care of that. We don't want to burn our candle down throughout the whole service and not have a candle for next week. So, uh, so we won't leave that burning. And, and, um, and so I, I love this, this Advent season and we'll be doing Advent in, in place of communion for this month, uh, leading up to our family, uh, Christmas Eve service on the Sunday morning of the 24th. So, uh, looking forward to that. But uh, last week, Pastor David uh, kicked off a new series called Chosen uh, that all three of our campuses are doing. Uh, so our San Angelo campus and Abilene campus are all doing the same series and, and, and preaching messages and, and picking a, a, a what is God speaking to us on a, on a chosen. And, and so I kind of wrestled and, and uh, what, I was, what I felt led to share. And, and I really got some, what I believe is some simple ideas that I just felt led uh, to share with us this morning that hopefully be an encouragement and maybe help us in this process of what we are believing for, continuing on what we were just singing and what I was just sharing and, and uh, this, this concept. And, and I felt God really speak a word to me that I didn't like, by the way. You ever have one of those moments where like you're looking for a word from God and then you get the word and you're like, God, I don't, God, I don't like that word. Can I get a different word? Can, can you speak something else to me? And, and, uh, and the word that I felt was the word preparation. And so I'm, I'm titling today, uh, Preparation of Miracles. And, uh, and I was like, oh man, I was like I, like, I like the idea of miracles, but not the idea of preparation. Some of you think you might like the word preparation uh, being in that. I was thinking about chefs and cooking and I'm like, oh man, I, I can imagine there's some people that probably like the preparation for the meal. Pastor Siobhan, uh, making I call it, oh my goodness, like I, I, I hope his preparation is good because I know how good the food is that you get. But we all like preparation, but if you had to be the one at Turkey, uh, Thanksgiving we just finished, and you had to be the one to go out to the field and get that turkey live on your own and then prep that turkey, you're like, I may not like preparation as much, right? There's a limit to the preparation that we all, no matter what you think, you are, your personality profile, like uh, whatever it is, I think that there's even a limit. If you think you like preparation, there's probably a limit to how much you actually like that. I think we could, we could find that. It's, it's a preparation. Uh, Favor's probably serving in our kids. I was thinking about him serving in our kids, and he's running track in high school. And I'm like, I still think that I might be faster than Favor, by the way. But I also know at my age that for a two-minute race, I got to warm up for 20 minutes. I got to have preparation if I don't want to kill myself. And I'm probably still going to kill myself. But there's preparation involved. And so some of us, we get older, we get wiser. We're like, yes, even though I don't like the word, at least I understand the word a little bit more. And we have this idea of preparation. I believe that God is a God of preparation. And I believe it's, it's a really important thing that we recognize that this is a God of preparation because so often we are looking for the miracle. We're looking for the birth of our Savior on Christmas. But we've also got to be looking for the preparation and what God was doing at hand that led up to that moment. I, I was thinking about all the Gospels. Uh, some of us, we think we might like preparation. But then we read Matthew chapter 1, the beginning of each Gospel. I'm going to look at it just briefly real quick. And in Gospel uh, of Matthew uh, chapter 1, it's, we get the lineage of Jesus uh, who, when they start reading the gospel of Matthew, you just kind of skip through that. 
You, maybe you speed read it. Like you're like, okay, yes, father of, father of, father of, and da, 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 related to us. You, you just kind of like, you're like, that's not my kind of preparation. But yet God is preparing us for the lineage of who Jesus is and how far back that goes. There's a preparation that God's at work in for Matthew chapter 1. We can look at Mark. Even with Mark, in the book of Mark, I love it. It's, it's one of our shorter books, and, and Mark doesn't even start and give us the birth of Jesus. Mark starts with John the Baptist in the field and, and preparing the way for Jesus. He, he doesn't begin with John the Baptist preparing for the birth of Jesus, but for the ministry of Jesus. And uh, now Mark, he, he had some persecution, and some, he had some urgency to get his gospel written and get that to us, and so he had to kind of get to the point. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. And uh, we, I, I texted Pastor David recently, I was like, would you, when you read John chapter 1, does it read like a Star Wars kind of opening line? But preparation, even the preparation for Star Wars, I was thinking about that, I was like, I never want to read those. I love Star Wars, don't get me wrong, but like, I never want to read a long time ago and read everything before the movie. Just show me, just get to the point. Like, I don't, I don't care for that kind of preparation. And I read John chapter 1, and John trying to show us the divinity of of who Jesus is. And so there's value and there's importance of that book and what John's trying to show us. And then today we're going to be in Luke chapter one. And in Luke chapter one, we get a preparation. We, we have him setting something out. And I love this picture in what Luke is going to show us. But here's the thing. I'm not beginning with Jesus. Because although Jesus is the reason for the season, right? It, Jesus is uh, what this month is about. It's what we're leading into. But Luke doesn't begin with the birth of Jesus. Luke begins with this introduction of two people that I want to look at. A man named Zechariah and his wife named Elizabeth. Luke begins even with John. Kind of like Mark, where Mark begins with John the Baptist as an adult preparing the way through a different process for Jesus as an adult beginning the ministry. But in Luke, we're getting the promise of John the Baptist also as an infant making preparations for Jesus who's also coming in this kind of way. I, I love this picture that we get here in, in Luke chapter 1. Um, I'm going to skip around a little bit, uh, but we'll have this. Um, so I'll begin in uh, verse 8. It says, One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen um, by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. I just realized that I was actually supposed to start in verse 5. Is that right, guys? As I think I told them verse 5. No, no, no. I'm, I'm right. I didn't mark it up in my Bible. I should have done more marks. Anyway, um, as was the custom... While the incense was being burned with a, a great crowd stood outside praying. In verse 11, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. And skipping down, Zechariah said to the angel in verse 18, How can I be sure this will happen? 
I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Oh my goodness, Zechariah, you're a priest, and you don't remember your own stories. Like, how often do we forget stories? I could, I could preach a whole other message on Zechariah, but he's actually not my focus today. But there's a lot that I want to say that I'm going to try to stay on track with. And, uh, and Zechariah, you don't remember Abraham, Zechariah. Here you are in this situation. And then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. I was who he sent, uh, excuse me, it was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. I, I scribbled next to that. I wrote the, the like kind of emoji, but with no mouth. They can't talk in this time. But I, I love this. I love this process here. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. I'm giving you a word, Zechariah, for right now, but it's a word that will take time. It's a word that'll come through. There's a preparation that's happening right now, Zechariah. So the promise I'm giving to you, you can't expect to happen right now. How often do we often in, in, in the need of our miracle and what we're believing for, we, we get the word and it's right now. It's our, it's our microwave society. We've got to come up with a new name. I'm, I'm, I'm a little older, so I'm still using some of those old languages, right? It's, it's our TikTok society. And, uh, and it's like, it's our right here. It's our right now. I, I got a need. I'm looking for my miracle right now. I, I got a, even a word from God, and I'm still looking for it right now. And not, I'm not looking for the preparation. I'm looking for the fulfillment. But he says, at the proper time. We need, a, we need a, a little bit of faithfulness with our faith. We need to be able to stand strong and be patient in this, that God has given us a word, God's doing a work, but we need to hold on to what we already know to be true while we're also being told a truth. This issue of Zechariah, we need the faithfulness of Zechariah while having the faith of Elizabeth. We move to verse 23. It says, when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, that's right, he got mute and still had to go to work. He didn't get to call in sick. Next time you want to think you want to call in sick, I want you to think about Zechariah, by the way. I'm not telling you you can. I'm just saying Zechariah became mute and still had to work for seven. That's messed up. That's just wrong. Zechariah. But this is the faith of Zechariah, that he would stay in his duties. And so when Zechariah... Uh, when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. And I love this. How kind is the Lord? Say kind. I think we just need to be reminded, kind. Yes, my Lord is kind to me. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. He has taken away my disgrace. I, I love this picture that we get. We get the faithfulness of Zechariah, and then we get the faith of Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who didn't even get the promise, who has to get the promise, uh, which by the way, she's having to get the promise of what God is saying through a man who is mute, a man who doesn't talk. Some of you ladies are like, my man never talks. At least he's not Zechariah. Like, you got it all right. Now, if he's, if he's not talking and he's trying to get you in bed like Zechariah's trying to get Elizabeth in bed, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, let's be real. Zechariah's got a challenge and a chore ahead of him. Maybe he's letting the roses talk and not his mouth. <laughs> I don't know what this is. But anyway, 
We got Zechariah and, and Elizabeth seeing a promise of God. I don't know about you, but I, I, feel like, I feel like me and my wife have definitely had some promises of God, and yet in the place of having to wait, having to stay true, having to stay faithful, having to stand strong in faith to continue to see that through. And I look at this process and I see what Zechariah and Elizabeth are walking through in this situation. And, and, and I must be able to take hope in, in what they're experiencing and what they're going through. Because God has chosen them. But it's not just that God has chosen them. God has chosen preparation. It's the preparation of Zechariah and Elizabeth. It's the preparation of John the Baptist. I, I love this picture. There's so many times we see this almighty God who could do things in such a, such a miraculous way, in a way that is so unpredictable. And yet he chooses such, such methods and ways of doing things that are still unpredictable, but yet still practical. Zechariah and Elizabeth. It's still even the preparation. What we saw in the beginning of each gospel is God is saying to us, if we, if we as Christians became Christian and only had the New Testament, God is saying, I'm going to show you all of this that has taken place in the Old Testament, and I'm going to show you that there's a preparation even before this moment, that from the moment you begin reading the Gospels, there's a preparation that's been at work long before even this time that this is being recorded. Long before Luke even recorded this, there's a preparation that's been at work for a long time. And even your hundreds of years that you thought God was silent, God was still at work in this moment. Because so often, we can recognize those years. We can recognize those centuries up until the birth of Jesus and, and also forget that there's even a preparation that God is at work even nine months before that, even a few months even before that, before Jesus or before Gabriel even comes to Mary, which we also find here in this chapter. How long, God, were you preparing for miracles? How long, God, are you preparing for miracles in my life? God, the miracles that I've seen, how long were you preparing before I actually got to see that miracle? Before the, the miracle in my life, the breakthrough in my life, financial freedom uh, from sickness and disease, even for me being on a mission trip for the first time in another country, being able to share the gospel and praying for other people. And even in those moments where, where I realized that, that I needed that mission trip more than that nation needed me on that mission trip. And, but yet, how long before was God at work preparing my heart for those moments? The preparation of a miracle. It's a long road. It's a good road. It's a steady road. And I think we could take heart this morning. We pick back up in the story, and then I, I've got a couple thoughts to share with you. But um, in Luke chapter 1, verse 39, it says, A few days later, Mary, so Mary's gotten her promise. Gabriel's gone to her. Gabriel's just making the rounds, and uh, he's gone to uh, Zechariah, and he's gone to Mary. And, and a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. You've got to read this part with excitement. There's a thing that's happening here that's so wonderful and so amazing. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I love this picture here. 
There's a work that sometimes we can miss the preparation of the, of the one who's being used to even bring forth a miracle. How many people in your lives have been a part of bringing forth a miracle, and yet it's not John the Baptist that's being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's Elizabeth being filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. The Lord would do what he said. I think oftentimes we're in a need of a miracle. And I love this picture of Mary and Elizabeth getting together, two women, both literally carrying a miracle of God inside their bodies to bring forth a miracle into this world. First, John the Baptist prepare and pave the way for Jesus to come and Jesus, the miracle of our savior in the flesh to come before us in, in this world and live this life. And yet we get the story that's not just their births, but is this story of these two amazing women coming together. It's the story of Mary and Elizabeth. But how often when I'm in the need of my miracle, do I find seclusion instead of inclusion? How often in the need of the miracle that I'm believing for, I choose not to engage with somebody else who's also experiencing a miracle. It's one of the reasons I love this picture. Mary is literally at the beginning of her miracle and she says, you know what? I need to connect with somebody else who's also in a miracle that's ahead of me that's before me. I think one of the greatest things that we need to do is spend time with other people that are either have walked through their miracle or maybe even still walking through their miracle, but we believe is still maybe even ahead of us that we can look towards, that we can look up to. It's kind of like a mentorship and maybe it doesn't have to be that. Maybe it could be something else, but too often we find ourselves separating from others. We we, we, we get that report from the doctor or we have that child that's not following the way that we think they should. We have the, the different reports of life and the, 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 the speed bumps or walls or crashes and whatever it is. And we find ourselves shutting down and, and collapsing inside ourselves. And what we see here is a model of not just believing for your miracle, but connecting with somebody else who's also believing for a miracle. So that we can encourage one another and come together. This is the beauty of what the church should be. We need more Elizabeths in the church. We need more Elizabeths in this community. People, those of us who have gone through and walked through this life with the Lord and have seen miracles, that we would connect with others to be like, yes, just stay faithful, stay the course, because I've seen what God can do in my life, and I believe he can do the same in your life. And we connect with other people in this world, the Marys, the ones in the world who have a calling of God in their life, but yet don't know it. And we could walk into situations as an Elizabeth and connect with people who don't know the Lord yet, but have something light up inside of us. Show them who Jesus is. We need more Elizabeths in our community and in our church. And we need to be people willing to connect with others. We need to connect. We need to overcome those traps, the traps of separateness. 
one of the other traps that I, that I can tend to walk in that I, that I saw here in this story is I think it's really amazing that um, Mary shows up and Mary is months behind in her pregnancy. Mary is months behind in her miracle. But what we don't see is Mary walking up to Elizabeth and being jealous or judging or comparing that her miracle is further behind than Elizabeth's miracle. How ridiculous would that have been for Mary to walk up and be like, wait a second, wait a second. Like, like I'm carrying the birth of our Savior. How come this can't get sped along? Can't I skip that trimester and like just get straight to the end of that story? Like, why do I have to walk through this nine-month process? But I just saw this, so this, this thing of like, but yet there's not a comparison of time of like, but shouldn't my miracle already be where Elizabeth's miracle is? But how often, I don't know about you, and maybe this is just me, and I'm just sharing that how often have I been walking out my miracle wishing that I had been further along than where I'm at? I was listening to an interview with one of the heroes of the modern-day faith. Uh, you're not going to find her in the book of Hebrews, but the modern-day faith, Christine Kane, um, amazing person and, and done and doing amazing things, and and uh, and someone was talking to, to Christine Kane, and 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 how long have you been in the ministry? And Christine Kane is like thirty three years. And how long did it take you to get to this place, this this place of success and notoriety? And she's like. 33 years. Like, like you can't separate the journey and just the end of what the miracle looks like from the actual preparation of what God was doing. The, the, the preparation is not separate from the miracle. It goes hand in hand. They go together. And I love this picture, but yet how often do we just want to be like, but shouldn't I be further along by now? Maybe it's your walk with Christ. Maybe it's even just still dealing with, uh, you're looking for your miracle of breakthrough financially or breakthrough in your addiction or breakthrough in your family or breakthrough at your job. And you're in this situation and you're at a particular age or a particular experience or whatever it might be. And you're like, but shouldn't I just be further along by now? Maybe that's just a phrase that I say sometimes, but I certainly feel that sometimes. Shouldn't I be past this already? Shouldn't I be further along in this journey, in this leading, in this pastoring, in this living, in this parenting? My, uh, you know, my, one of my daughters has moved up here to the area and the other one's visiting this weekend and like I'm realizing that parenting is still not over. <laughs> Shouldn't I be further along? But we don't see this with Mary and Elizabeth. We just see a celebration of where they are in this journey, a celebration of what God is doing. It's such a beautiful picture. And I think the, the last thing that I think we need is we need to be encouraged. We absolutely, I love what comes out of this. And, and, and Mary is going to Elizabeth, who's walking this out and and keep in mind, whether it's a blessing or a curse, I'm not sure which, uh, and ladies don't elbow a man next to you, but Zechariah is still mute, by the way, and uh, he's still silent in this situation, which sometimes, maybe we just need to take that as a sign. Um, if we can't, if we're lacking faith, sometimes we just need to shut up and believe. <laughs> and so uh, better to shut ourselves up than to have God shut us up. But, uh, but, but Elizabeth's in this situation um, and walking this out, and Mary shows up, and there's an encouragement to both of them. Again, in verse 43, why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? 
When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy and you also are blessed. Not only is this encounter and this interaction a blessing to me and my soul, let me speak blessing also to you. Let me speak praises to God in this situation for what he's doing in your life. We must place ourselves in positions of preparation so that God can be at work, not just in our lives for the miracle he's doing, but that he can be in our, in, at work in our lives of hopefulness, that we would continue to stay the course for, in believing for the miracle that we're believing for. But what I saw here is also another important thing, that God so much would orchestrate this encounter between these two women, both carrying miracles, but yet God cares just as much about the women as the miracle themselves. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get to a place that I'm just believing for the miracle, forgetting what God is doing in my life. But what I see here is God cared about Mary and Elizabeth so much that he would orchestrate a meeting to encourage each and every one of them, both of them in this situation, that God cares more about you than the miracle you think is supposed to come. Sometimes it's even the miracle of what you think you're supposed to accomplish and what the calling of God is on your life, which is completely valid and important. But God cares more about you than the miracle that you think you're supposed to even perform. God cared so much about Mary. God cared so much about Elizabeth that it wasn't just about the task. It wasn't just about the miracle. It wasn't just about the accomplishment. It was about them. God loves them. Tells me how much God loves you. Tells me how much God loves me. It tells me how much God loves the people that I'm still believing for. It tells me how much God loves the people that I'm still holding on to for. Despite my reservations, despite my lack of preparation, despite my, isn't it time yet? Despite my, and sometimes I need to look at these situations with Mary and Elizabeth and remember even my process that I walked through. It's okay that my kids are in this situation. God's still at work, and I still see him preparing. I may not see the fulfillment of the miracle yet, but I still see the preparation. I may not see the fulfillment of certain things that I believe has been promised to us, either God speaking to me and Becca, God speaking to this church, Pastor Wald, God speaking through a prophetic person or, or someone else. I may not have seen the fulfillment of those promises yet, but I see the preparation that God is at work doing in our lives, the preparation of what God is doing in this church. We may not be accomplishing what we are called to accomplish just yet, but I still see the preparation of God at work in this place. Can you see God's preparation in your life? You may not have that miracle yet, but I promise God is preparing a way we need more Elizabeths. Are you willing? Are you willing to be that Elizabeth? To go on the promise of what God has given you? To go on the promise of what you're seeing? To go on the promise of another person? To go on what's already taking place? And as I closed this morning with this message, I had this one sentence that was standing out to me. And, and, and 
here in the text, the sentence is completed. But I felt like this morning, I felt like I felt like I wanted to take a moment for us to complete this sentence ourselves. And, and the worship team can go ahead and come back up. I'm, I'm going to finish with this. But in, in Luke, still in Luke chapter 1, verse 25, and it's Elizabeth. And she says, how kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. You see, remember, Elizabeth has been walking out this disgrace of being a woman that has not been able to bring forth children. Is it her fault? We don't know. Is it Zechariah's fault? We don't know. Is it a sickness that came upon her? We don't know. But yet she's experiencing this judgment, this shame, this feeling, this I've not arrived yet. It is not come fulfilled yet. And we see her say, he has taken away my disgrace. And then she says words after that. But what I wanted to encourage you to leave here with today is how do you finish that statement? Because I believe that most of us, if we're here today, we're, we're seeking God. We've come here to worship God, to see God, to know God. But we've come here with our needs. We've come here believing for miracles. We've come here believing for things for God to move. And in this moment for each and every one of us, a lot of times in the midst of our need, we carry a disgrace. It's the sin that you're still struggling with. It's the lack that you're still holding on to. It's the brokenness that you still feel plagued by. It's the unforgiveness and that toxicity that you just still can't manage to let go. That many of us in the midst of miracles oftentimes carry a disgrace. And so my challenge to us is how do we finish? He has taken away my disgrace of blank. You've come here today and you don't know Jesus. We celebrate this time of our Savior who came to us in human form to walk this life, to live this life, to be with us. Before at the end of his human life, to be a sacrifice to God. To go through death, burial, and resurrection so that we can have a better ending to that sentence as well. So that we can experience the miracles in our life as well. How do you finish that statement? He has taken away my disgrace. And I think you could finish with Luke chapter 1 here in verse 25. And then I think you could end with the encounter between Mary and Elizabeth. And make those your words. Make that your celebration. Make that your fulfillment of a miracle, of a promise. You mind bowing your heads and closing your eyes in this moment? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning? What is the miracle you're in need of this morning? 
What have you carried into these doors, into the sanctuary, to this altar this morning? Maybe it's your miracle or need of a miracle. Maybe it's someone else. Maybe it is that child, that relative, that job. Maybe you're in Elizabeth's situation and you just need to connect with somebody else. And maybe it's the Mary that comes to you. Maybe it's the so-and-so, the other person, the family member, the relative and the coworker that comes to you. And maybe this is an opportunity for you to go to them. Say, I believe in a God of miracles, but I also believe in a God of preparation of miracles. I believe in a God who's at work when we can't see, a God who's at work when we can't feel, a God who's at work when it seems dark, he is at work. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning? If I may pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. In this recording in the Gospel of Luke, who would show us that it's not just the birth of Jesus, our Savior, but it is the preparation that leads up to the amazing miracle. God, you see us, you see our hearts, you know our thoughts. You know, and may you be reminded of the promises and miracles you've spoken into our lives before. May we be reminded. And may we walk in the faithfulness of Zechariah with the faith of Elizabeth. In this life of preparation, that you have been preparing God away up before even this moment and may we be reminded may we see it may we know it may you show as much as you possibly can in this moment may we be reminded of times long ago where you were at work in our lives that did not make sense but could only have been a miracle of you for that person to speak that thing to us, for a provision to come through when we are needing it, for whatever it was at work, God, you have been a preparing God of miracles from the time we were born. You were preparing before we were born. It says you knew us in our mother's womb. And if you knew us then, you know us now. So we stand before you still in this time, holding on to the faith that we have for the miracles we need. To say, God, we are asking we are believing. We are looking to you in this time and in this moment for you to do what only you can do while we do what we can, while we walk out even the preparation. So God, I thank you. I praise you. I want to lead us all in a small, very quick prayer before we sing this final song and continue to worship God. This is a simple prayer for all of us, whether you're believing and giving your life to Jesus for the first time or whether, whether you've prayed a prayer similar to this before, this is a prayer for all of us just to, just to give God our faith. So just repeat with me, say, Dear God, our Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior, born of a virgin, a miracle on earth, and that you are a preparation of miracles 
continue to prepare in my life. And I thank you for what you've already done before and what you're gonna continue to do in the future. I praise you and give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen, 